Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. He played the game. He was a star cornerback at Texas. He's on the horn in Austin, among other things, as an analyst of UT football. Joins me, David Smoke, 365 Sports. Man, this is a collision course, and there are a handful of them this weekend in the Big 12. Is this an elimination game, in your opinion, on who can play for the Big 12 title, or is that a little bit too dramatic? I don't think it's that dramatic at all. I think it definitely is one of those elimination games. The Big 12, it seems to be shaking out a lot differently than everybody thought it would. Um, but I definitely think you're at a point now where you'll have a separation weekend, a lot more clarity, especially for Texas, right? Texas, you get two losses in Big 12 play. Looks like your Big 12 championship hopes are over. And Texas right now is trying to keep their hopes alive with a backup quarterback. And you got K-State coming in with two quarterbacks. And honestly, you got to give K-State the quarterback advantage and probably got to give K-State the head coaching advantage in this matchup. That's something that tro- that's really troublesome for Longhorn fans. K-State wants to hammer you with that running game. The speed of Johnson, the power and ability to throw it. Will Howard seems to be healthy at just the right time. But UT's defense has done well against the run. What gives? Yeah, that's a great question, right? You're talking about a top five rushing offense to K-State. Probably one of the most diverse quarterback run games I've ever seen. I mean, it really is that impressive. And for Texas, they struggled a little bit against quarterback run games, right? Dylan Gabriel rushed for over 100 yards. Jason Bean against Kansas really hurt Texas with the uh, the quarterback option run game. And K-State will throw all that at Texas. It's a really interesting guy. going to come down to first down. Can Texas stop K-State on first down? K-State's a really explosive running game. Have over 67 plus yard runs on the ground. That is the most in the power five. If they can stop them on first down and, and keep them to second and long, third and long, that'll be the story of the game. Keep in mind, also, K-State best, they were one of the best third down offenses in the country. Third, best third down offense in the country. And Texas is the third best third down defense in yep. the country. Something's got to give. K-State for years known for their special teams back when Snyder was there. And even with Kleiman, of course, Worthy went the distance and is capable of doing that. Big play potential on special teams. Could it come down to something as simple, not simple, but something like that on Saturday? No doubt it can. I think you're going to get, you know, we can come down to hitting yardage. Also, I think it come down to K-State being able to choke the life out of the clock, right, to choke the clock down, to limit the amount of offensive possessions for Texas. Keep in mind, last week, BYU, they had one drive that they held the ball for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Rice also did something very similar in the fourth quarter when they played Texas. We saw Wyoming choke the life out of the clock versus Texas. If you can have that formula, which K-State can, because they can run the football effectively and extend drives, you can limit the amount of possessions for Texas and, in a sense, pretty much shorten the game. That might be the game plan to K-State. So, Rod, this has been a good year for Texas because of, of who they are, where they are right now. Obviously, the disappointing ending against Oklahoma. What would it be like in Austin Saturday night if, in fact, they don't win tomorrow? Uh, it would be disappointing. I mean, the uh, basically, the expectation for Texas was they played for 
for a Big 12 championship this year. It's the most talented team that they've had since 2009, right? Even though they have a backup quarterback in there, there was a lot of talk that Texas had the best quarterback room, potentially talent-wise, in the country. But this is a no-excuses year for Steve Sarkeesian. No matter what they throw out there as an excuse for why he underachieved, Longhorn fans will not accept it. All right, so this is the year that Longhorn fans are accepting are expecting him to take the next step. If he does not, especially guys, what is considered a down year for the Big 12. I'm not disrespecting him, the Big 12 team. Right. And we agree this is not necessarily a really strong 12. And Texas is as strong as they've been in a long time. If Stark can't get this team over the hump in this conference, Longhorn fans are going to lose their patience. Another week for Malik Murphy to take snaps in practice, get the experience of what he did. Your thoughts on how he played considering and how much better upside does he have? He's got a lot of upside. Uh, Stark says he's got the strongest arm in that quarterback room, and that is true. Um, but, you know, he, he's, a, he's a young guy. And what you get with young players is you get, you know, the flashes of brilliance. You get those wow moments, but also what's up moments. And you got both of those from, from Malik, right? You got the, the touchdown to A.P. Mitchell, the deep one and the one in the red zone. But you also got that interception where he panicked when they blitzed and it, it sped up his internal clock. And you got the fumble that he lost when they, when they were in the red zone. So he's got to clean up more more uh, ball security from him. And he's got to clean up his command of the offense. If he can do that and clean up the turnovers, I think Texas wins this game. If not, then you can see K-State force that young quarterback into making more bad decisions. And, guys, that's the one thing that worries me. You know how a young quarterback's going to respond to one of the best and most well-coached teams in all the country in K-State. That's what this game is going to hinge on. Will Malik Murphy and Will Malik Murphy take the next step from start one to start two? Rod, thank you. Appreciate your time. I know it's always busy. Thanks for your insight, as always, from the experience. Uh, this is 365 Sports. Tim Fitzgerald, great friend of the show, PowerCat.com, covers K-State in Austin against Texas. This is a great matchup. K-State finally has kind of got this momentum. We know UT has had a really good year other than the late loss to Oklahoma. Is this, in your opinion, the winner? Not in to play for Big 12 title, but you surely can't lose and also not have the tiebreaker. It really is an elimination game in some some form. Just look, you, you could still get in with a loss either school but boy you got a lot of help you need a lot of help and uh, whoever wins this game is going to be in the driver's seat for at least one of the spots and the same might be true with bedlam i mean this might sort out who gets to arlington or at least who mm-hmm. likely will get to arlington yeah because those two teams have what appears to be a, more of a soft ending to their schedule k-state went through a little bit of that what's going on and then Avery Johnson gave him a spark in Lubbock. Now, Will Howard seems to be healthy again. How much of that has just made each one of them better? It's been tremendous. I mean, <clears throat> Will doesn't want to admit it, but he kind of shyly says, yeah, Avery lit a fire under him, got him more focused, uh, got him back to playing. Um, and, you know, with that, I think the offensive line found some rhythm. They've been running the ball exceptionally well, not just with the quarterback game, but they're – the two backs, and, and then the defense has just been lights out. Um, since they fell behind a few weeks ago at Texas Tech in the second half, they fell behind 21-17. The composite score over basically the next, what, nine and a half quarters has been 103-3. to So the K-State defense has also kind of risen up and getting it done. 
Texas, we know they have the weapons, and, and they always have in some way. That just this one looks like a team that that has some grit to it, and then maybe more than just grit. They are pretty good against the run, not flawless, but yeah. pretty good against the run. And K State, of course, wants to pound you. Can K State throw the ball effective enough to keep Texas honest on defense? Well, that's the question. You know, they've got to find some semblance of a run game. You're looking at the top run defense in the Big Twelve against the second best running offense and um, you know that those numbers are probably not even accurate to how the K-State run game has been performing the last three weeks so yeah something's got to give K-State's going to have to keep that defense on it um, you know by mixing it up being able to run a little bit throw it downfield use the running backs in the passing game and the tight ends which they do a lot so uh, K-State's offensively going to have to be diverse and and, uh, effective you know in some ways, in the run game, uh, they've got to get it going. They got to get over at least 100 yards, if not 150, to win this game. Last thing, Tim Fitzgerald, PowerCat.com. What one player? And I may there may be eight or 20 or two. What one player, in your opinion, is kind of a difference maker that no one's talking about? Well, that's a really good question. I, I'm going I don't think people around the conference are talking about Kobe Savage enough. Yeah, he's a mm-hmm. guy that came out of Tyler, Texas. He goes to Austin with a huge chip on his shoulder because. At no point did most of the Texas schools even sniff him, uh, and he ends up coming to K-State. He's been he's now a team captain. He's a really effective tackler. He's just kind of an X-factor on that defense. And early in the Big 12 season, they swapped two safeties, him and B.J. Payne, and both have been exceptional since making the position changes. Uh, and so keep an eye on number two. His name is Savage, and he's properly named because he gets after it. Robert Allen, sideline reporter, Oklahoma State, joins us, 365 Sports. My goodness, uh, Bedlam, and what could be the last time. Robert, what's that emotion like this week in Stillwater? You know, I think it's a little bit overshadowed because the game's important. I mean, if if the game weren't as important, I think everybody would be doing the history thing and the, oh, gosh, we're not going to do this again in a while kind of thing. But I, I think everybody's just cranked up because, You've got two teams, and, and really, if you look at it, the winner of this game got a very, very good shot uh, to go ahead and, and push on to Arlington. Uh, I don't know exactly what Oklahoma's got, but I think it's fairly soft. And Oklahoma State's got three of the newbies, two of them on the road, arguably, at UCF and Houston, BYU at home to finish. But, yeah, if, if you win this game Saturday and you're Oklahoma State and you don't do your business the rest of November, it's on you. Has Mike Gundy this year, after how last year went, and it like the Undertaker, like rising out of the coffin because a lot of people were trying to throw dirt on the program and his philosophy, and what has that meant? Yeah, I like that re- reference, the Undertaker, the Halloween week and all that. Uh, not Mike, but his wife Kristen is one of the – she has some of the best Halloween decorations in Payne County, but – uh, no, I think he's done a tremendous coaching job. It, it was all in the bye week. They were two and two coming home from Ames, Iowa. Uh, they had four really tough, uh, full pad, full contact practices on the grass practice fields, and, and just a late infusion of toughness into this football team. Realizing what you do is important, and you got to work hard to get it. And, uh, and then, of course, came off that quarterback rotation and, and also came off the running back rotation and, and went ahead and anointed 
uh, Omen and, and Ollie Gordon, big, big, you know, big push there. But, uh, no, I, I think Mike Gundy loves proving his critics wrong. I think that's one of the things internally he likes to do the most. And uh, you're right. There were a lot of, I mean, there were people, cl- you know, clamoring for him to step down. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, if he stepped down, there'd be a lot of schools lining up at his door wanting him to come coach their team. Last thing, Robert, Ollie Gordon II, I remember what he was like in high school. He was phenomenal. Uh, he's gotten his chance. Besides the obvious, what kind of adrenaline rush has he brought that football team? Well, he's also an emotional kid. He's not like a Barry Sanders that just does it quietly. Or even, uh, you know, the last guy we had that really was sensational was Jalen Warren. He's the Pittsburgh now. Jalen is a very quiet guy. Ollie's a guy that, you know, like last week when he fumbled, he put his helmet on the sidelines, and you know he got he got really as mad at himself as as he gets happy with some of these touchdown runs and happy with his offensive line. He's a pipe piper, as well as being a guy that delivers on the field. So that that you know that's uh, uh, monumental in your locker room to have a guy that not only plays well but gets all happy and crazy when he does because it's infectious. John Hoover, allsooners.com, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Bedlam. Is it the last Bedlam to focus, or has that been completely just wiped out because of how important this almost an elimination game for either team this Saturday? Yeah, it's a huge game because both teams are tied for first place. It's a five-way tie atop the Big 12 Conference for first place. So a uh, lot to play for over these next few weeks. The fact that there's some hurt feelings about Oklahoma going to the SEC and Oklahoma State being left behind, kind of irrelevant. You know, we hate to see Bedlam go, but it's kind of irrelevant. These teams have to win. Oklahoma State seems to have gotten red hot. Not that Oklahoma hasn't played well, but last week, kind of the hickey at KU let that thing get away late. It was a heck of a game. How much does Ollie Gordon become the big factor in this game against OU's defense? Well, he's the centerpiece. He's the centerpiece for both teams, for both the Oklahoma State offense and the Oklahoma defense. Uh, Danny Stutzman, the uh, heart and soul leader of the uh, and tackles leader, of course, of the Oklahoma defense, sprained his ankle last week at KU. So there's some worry, some hesitation about his involvement this week. Is he going to be the guy that comes in there and helps that defense kind of redirect and get themselves right against the nation's leading rusher? It's mm-hmm. crazy to think that these two elements are coming together, but it uh, could be a big day for Ollie Gordon. John, uh, what is the, the feeling of Oklahoma? What did they learn last week? I, I thought that when they had gotten the pick, the second one, I think, in the fourth quarter, they a first down or two, and it just seemed like a run, a run, a run, and I'm sure that frustrated the, the fan base and part of the uh, questioning after the game. Who are they? I don't know who they are, and I don't think – here's the thing. I don't think they know who they are. I asked Jeff Levy this a few weeks ago. What's the identity of your offense? He wants to be an RPO offense, so they don't really know. They want to run and pass and always have the option. And then, you know, we saw last week, you would think after the wake-up call, two-point escape against Big 12 winless UCF at home. You would think that they that, that wake-up call would have gotten them out of bed. It did not. Mm-hmm. And they slept through the Kansas game as well. So put, put all those things together. Uh, a little conservative on offense. 
double-digit missed tackles on defense, and you see the results. What are your personal thoughts about, no matter what OU and Texas are about to do, what are your thoughts about this rivalry? You've covered it from both sidelines. Yeah, I have. It's a brilliant in-state rivalry that is remarkably one-sided. OU has a lead of 91, 19, and 7. That's Of the teams that have played 110 times in their rivalries, that's number one in the country. No team has beaten their rival or a rival more frequently than Oklahoma has beaten Oklahoma State. So having said all that, uh, ever since the Big 12 let the, you know, the scheduling situation with Nebraska, yep. that was Oklahoma's rival forever. But ever since the Big 12 let that kind of die down, uh, the Oklahoma State rivalry has kind of taken the place there. And it's been just as one-sided, Mike Gundy, 3-15. and 15. But uh, that tells you right there that this thing is absolutely one-sided, but it means so much to everybody in the state of Oklahoma. And Oklahoma's going to go off and they're going to create new rivalries in the SEC. Those people that they beat in the SEC, they're not going to be their neighbors out mowing their lawn that you can talk trash to while you're walking your dog. You know, that's what's going to be missing. 